Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Chris. Me, Matt. And we have guests. Yes, we do. We have two guests. Two for the price of one. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, Louise Owen and Sam Clements. How the devil are you? Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. We are very good. Good, good, good. Ex- excited to be uh, chatting to you tonight. We were on new, ter- uh, new territory in the Movie Bunker podcast because you've made us watch uh, a dancing film. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let's get cracking on it. What, what movie have you chosen, uh, Louise and Sam, for us to, to dive into? Uh, we have chosen, depending on where you watch the film, either Step Up Revolution, Step Up Miami Heat... Or Sexy Dance 4, as it's known in France. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, I prefer the third title. Um, but <laughs> this this was a first for me and Matt, and I'll, I'll speak for Matt as well. But I mean, we, I've never seen a, a step-up movie. And I don't think in the podcast, Matt, we've done something, any, anything like this kind of... Well, we've done musicals, but we've not done like a, a full-on dancing kind of thing have we not a a full-on dancing extravaganza i mean some of the things we've done have dancing in them but this is this is pure pure dancing right (laughs) this is dancing with a film with a bit of film film rather than a film with a bit of dancing (laughs) i'm kind of i'm kind of glad to hear that i feel like it's a good choice in that respect because a lot of people do just write off dance films yeah i mean it it definitely is a is a genre that would i think will appeal to a certain type of person now I was that type of person many, many years ago because I, I used to, a <laughs> little nugget of, of uh, fact for you, I used to want to be a professional dancer in, when I was about seven or eight. That was my dream. And so there's wow. ele- uh, yeah, yeah, elements of this are going to really, will really hit it for me and, uh, and spoke to me. Um, what what happened, that- Chris? <laughs> Hold on, but we have to unpick this a little bit because I've known you a good long while. I've never even seen you caress a dance floor, let alone, you know, come springing well, in from the sides. Well, it, it's kind of you just kind of grow out of it, don't you? You kind of, and I think well, I some put people on don't too clearly. Much I, I, I put I put on too much weight. Okay, that was the right, the real reason. I couldn't do the moves that I wanted to. I felt ashamed, and so you know that that's kind of where it all went downhill for me. And also, you know, it, it's it was a different time. It's, we're talking about the eighties, and so you know. But then you watch Step Up Four. Yeah. And now you've been training, and you've yeah. got some auditions coming up. <laughs> yeah. And whoa, there you are. You're on the telly. Yeah. It's this has opened up a whole new world for me. I feel so seen again. Um, but I'm not taking my shirt off just yet. Okay, let's do that. Let's do some administration. Let's talk about how this movie did when it came out. And we always go to Rotten Tomatoes and uh, IMDb for the kind of ratings to see how much of a, a splatter this was. So IMDb, which is always the good one, because it's a bit more. It's a bit more of a uh, forgiving uh, rating on IMDb. But this got a six point four, which is low, but. Actually, it's not bad though. Not bad for IMDb. It's bad. Yeah, it's probably one of the highest ones in terms of IMDb. But the the real kind of register uh, is on Rotten Tomatoes in terms of audience score. Sorry, in terms of the tomato meter, the aud- uh, reviewer score, it was a forty one percent, which is an absolute splatter. But the audience score is a very respectable sixty eight percent, which is why you're here. I'm guessing. <laughs> it is indeed, and it we has... are the sixty eight percent. We are the sixty eight percent. Not quite the revolution movement that you'd looking for, right? <laughs> the other useful metric is 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 box office, and this film made some money. Like I, you know, it's it's not a it's not a stinker. It's in profit. 
it sort of quadrupled its budget on release. That's pretty good going. Yeah, yeah. How much? How much did it cost to make, Sam? Thirty-three million dollars. How much did it make at the box office? Hundred and forty million dollars. A smash hit. <laughs> Why? I mean, they did. They did go on to make a Step Up Five, a Sexy Dance Five, but the franchise stopped after that. And I, I argue they should still be making sexy dance films now in twenty twenty one. But Sam, they are Step Up Six. <laughs> uh, they made Step Up Six. Yeah, I guess. I guess just for some for the the, the Step Up uh, novices out there. The franchise is basically dead, but weirdly, <laughs> there's a Chinese film called Step Up Six, yes. which uh, some of the producers <laughs> on this uh, are involved in, and and it sort of smacks of the Step Up films were hugely popular in China. Maybe the 140 million mostly came from Chinese audiences, so somebody bought the rights to the name and and is now sort of making a Chinese sort of spin-off. But it's Step Up Six. They are acknowledging the previous Step Up films. So, so it was almost like a Tokyo Drift. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Because if you're making a hundred million dollars <laughs> a movie, then surely you just keep churning these things out. That's bank, right? I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I'd have a step-up film a year if I could. <laughs> well, it's kind of like it, it. It's pardon the pun. It definitely has legs, doesn't it? I mean, this oh. is... <laughs> <laughs> these are quite cheap films to make, though. Like, I mean, as you've as you've experienced because you've watched them. Before. <laughs> Um, there's no real stars in them. Uh, you know, you get a load of dancers, um, you know, doing sort of dancing work for day rates. The directors are all music video directors, um, and, and they are lit like television. Um, but, yeah. um, but it all works. The magic's there when it, you put all those ingredients together. It is hard to see where the 35 million quid went, right? It's like, where did that money go? I bet a lot of it went on licensing the music. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> And the rest was on the dancing cars. Yes. Well, they were very good. But I wanted to ask you both, really, you know, why this movie? Because of all the of all the uh, the turkeys out there, there must be a real a reason why you're drawn to this this particular one in the franchise. Yeah, I mean, like when you guys first asked us to come on, my immediate reaction was, "Oh, burlesque!" But of course, it's been done because that is an absolute <laughs> classic bad film. And, uh, we just wanted to stick with the, the the musicals or the dance kind of films, and sort of almost immediately it came to us for like, well, the Step Up franchise is terrible, but we absolutely love it. What? <laughs> You've never told me this. <laughs> I thought you loved these films. I do. I mean, I, I can think they're bad, but still absolutely love them. Uh, I think you're right. They are feel good films. Hmm. I mean, there's there's five of them in in the the series, which was cut short uh, in twenty. 20- 14 or so with with step up all in but uh but yeah it's a really i think it's it's sort of the little franchise that should never have been a franchise (laughs) none of the entries are really connected they're sort of loose cameos or tangential characters that sort of move the overall series arc along but they're basically just like an excuse for some amazing choreographers and dancers to get together and 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 show this stuff off which we often watch on television on like Britain's Got Talent or you know some of those sort of Saturday night shows but shot on proper film cameras yeah. with this huge budget and you know when cinemas were a thing they were shown in cinemas <laughs> in surround sound uh, and it was really glorious and this film you probably noticed was shot in 3D because that was all the rage uh, in 2012 and there's lots of very gratuitous things coming towards the camera shots <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I've not seen quite seen um, gratuitous 3D like this since Jaws 3D, I think, was the, the, <laughs> the, the film I saw before this ad, the most gratuitous. I'm going to put my hand here and I'm going to run <laughs> towards you fast now. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Very 3D. In this film, there's a dollar bill at the end of one of the, the dance numbers, which uh, floats towards a CGI dollar bill that floats into the camera. <laughs> and I imagine audiences at the time were like ducking out of the way of this giant dollar bill. <laughs> of all the things, I mean, surely yeah. they could have just thrown a, a pair of spats or something. Probably... <laughs> um, Matt, I'm going to just, Matt, tell me what you thought of this. We haven't actually probably had a conversation about step up and we we tend to go in well, into the podcast recording having not really kind of spoken to each other about yeah. how how what the experience was like so for me no you go first matt because the question was directed <laughs> at you <laughs> it's not all about me um matt matt what was your first impressions of this well, I, I, I like yourself, not seen any of the step ups previously, so I, I came in this fresh. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was like a really long <laughs> pop video, right? That they they try to weave some kind of plot for it, but you know, just gave up at one point, I think, and then just decided to have more dancing on there. It's um, yeah. It, it, I don't know how I. Feel. I mean, the thing the thing I felt whilst watching it was like body shamed <laughs> because like there isn't there isn't an there isn't an ounce of fat in the whole entire film, let alone on any of the people that you actually see. Like if you if you gathered up all of their fat individually, it would be like my thigh. And um, so I, I felt yeah, I felt I I didn't feel seen. Watch this. I felt like I should probably never go to Miami. Is definitely what I felt today, and and that got even worse today because today I broke my chair. Um, I was sat on it, and it and it suddenly slumped forward, and I thought, oh, the little gas thing's gone. The little gas thing hadn't gone. Metal had given way. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's the Miami Heat. Got your chair. Miami <laughs> got my chair. Yeah, I got a similar thing now in terms of notes. So I, I didn't feel represent represented at all watching this movie and <laughs> apart from obviously when i was a youngster and wanting to do these this thing for real should, should i kind of sum up the plot for anyone that's not seen this I, I, oh yeah well, yeah yeah we we, we normally oh. do the, the the kind of plop synopsis or at least at least something but get, hit us with the plop synopsis that's... there's a like say a flash mob of dancers that are well, there's about three plots <laughs> so the, there's a flash mob of dancers that are, are initially in a competition where they have to get a lot of YouTube views. They don't mind name dropping. They don't change the thing at all, I don't think. Um, and if they get YouTube views, then they'll get money for this. Then there's a love story between a ballerina rich girl and um, slummy dance man. And then there's a, a story about a evil property developer. <laughs> it, just, it sounds like three separate films. This is the same film. An evil property developer uh, who wants to take over the place where the slummy dance people live um and build a nice hotel but they don't want yeah and despite having three plots on the go they're all still paper thin and barely make up one plot let's be (laughs) let's be really (laughs) honest here well it's quite easy to digest isn't it like you're not really thinking about the plot with this (laughs) um you know you can sort of you could have half an eye on the plot and it's totally fine very soap opera-y and maybe that's one of the reasons we enjoy watching it it's kind of you really can switch your brain off and just enjoy mm. the nice people dancing um, and still still understand what's going on. It reminds me, actually, of of, of one of the other films that we've done, um, which was uh, the remake of Point Break, which is a horrendous film, but has amazing action sequences in it. Like, it's totally worth just having on the background and looking up every <laughs> 10 minutes. 
And this is kind of that film, right? It's like you just put it on, and then when they all start dancing, yeah, you yeah, oh, but the, the, dancing. The, the, <laughs> the three, that's the the three kind of storylines that you're talking about those those kind of weaving narratives are all quite tropey as well and you know like uh you know a rich rich girl poor kid a poor kid um you know probably developing and, and just you know in terms of like maybe the pitch perfect movies as well like a a, a national competition of some kind so the, the kind of three things as you say woven together actually make sense because in, in a way because they are underpinning everything that's clearly going on but they they don't clash and I, that's why i wasn't like recoiling after watching this you know because we see a lot of bad movies obviously because of the podcast and you become a little bit numb to to the bad stuff but this wasn't like a a real like chore because actually when the some of the the very first dance sequence was just like something from la la land in a way but like in reverse so they're not the car that car scene is incredible and i legitimately mean that not in some sort of like oh it's good for the film yeah 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 it is brilliant yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, so it's a traffic jam in uh in miami and uh all of the all of the establishing shots look like they bought them from a website where you can get sort of cheap aerial views of miami because they're really low resolution compared to the how they shoot the dance numbers oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which is what we, we we picked up on our millionth free watch uh, for this podcast this time but um but yeah there's all these kids driving these really fancy looking cars and there's like 10 cars dancing at one point yes. like this is cinema guys <laughs> with people on the bonnet like with people on the bonnets yeah there's, there's dancers well. driving the cars who get out of the cars to then dance on top of the cars and then the dancers dance around the cars and then to finish off the number the cars start to dance with them yeah. uh which is is something i've never <laughs> seen before and i've never seen since no it's the film transformers the last night one no, it, it wishes. <laughs> it's what that should have happened all you needed was grimlock or a couple of dinosaurs to come in at the end it would have been great <laughs> yeah that that generally that scene gave me a little bit of a goosebump as well i mean i was like oh yeah this is quite you know exciting because you kind of set up to think they're going to do like a bank robbery or something they're going <laughs> to and that's that you can think oh these are the bad guys uh, and they're going to steal stuff. There's a truck, so that's even worse. But no, the, dra- the truck has glass, and it's all an elaborate ploy to do like a 3D glass like thing. And I thought, that's just so elaborate. Actually, that character that uh, does all the art installations, the, who, who comes across... Well, he's mute, isn't he? He doesn't say anything until the end. He's the star of the show, because... that That's one of the worst payoffs in the whole entire film, though, isn't it? Because, like... What he says isn't even like comedy or, you know, it doesn't have any gravitas. He's just kind of like... I think it's I think it's literally just, I've got it. Yeah. And then he runs away. I've got yeah. it. <laughs> really? I can't You're remember spe- his name. A lot of them have got great names. Like the cameraman who films all of the, the plots and puts them on YouTube is called Iris. Uh, but I, I can't remember what the artist is called. But yeah, basically every dance number, because they're either doing this for to to win the competition on youtube get the 10 million views and win the money uh, or later on to protest the property developer the uh, all of the dance numbers really are a way to kind of distract people whilst the artist puts the message on spoons or glass or the side of a building or a scary statue uh, and, and i kind of like that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the logistics are crazy on this. I mean, logistically, how can you get this? Yeah, I did some quick quick maths, though, Chris. So I, I worked out, like, this glass ain't cheap. <laughs> and a lot of the stuff they've been putting together in the dance numbers. And I'm like, had they just done nothing, 
they probably would have made between them more than a hundred thousand pounds that they're going for. And and there's a, like a hundred thousand of them, so they're going to get like a quid yeah, each. So many of if them. they actually did win this thing, there's tons of them. There's, and it's just simply not worth winning. Well, they all live in a giant like clubhouse uh, somewhere together. Yeah. <laughs> they have loads of tech. They got loads of like Macs and cameras and like all of this sort of stuff. But it, even in this like car dance number, there's, they're driving ten cars at the beginning. They have ten really fly-looking yeah. cars um, that they yeah. use for this one number and then like get rid of or just throw away. Like I think these are a bunch of rich uh, rich kids pretending to be poor. It's like being around Winchester again. <laughs> oh, nice local joke there. Right. <laughs> They'll play to these masses, right? <laughs> one thing that really got on my nerves about this this film, and I think it, it, it's one of those things that just grates me in general, is just how over-enthusiastic people get to sort of yeah. certain situations. <laughs> and I think once I kind of noticed it in this movie specifically, it kind of at the very beginning it kind of grated on me throughout the every kind of flashbob sort of section that happened thereafter is that bystanders and the general public that get drawn in or inconvenienced by this big commotion lights and dancing and traffic stopping just seem to whoop and holler and get so excited jump up and down they're crazy they almost wet themselves with excitement and just there's there's not enough representation of people that are just generally really unhappy and disgruntled about not being able to get on with their day and I think it's just maybe it's an age thing for me but I think people just got very excited very quickly and no one questioned the logistics of what was going on around them do you know what I mean the biggest one for me was the art museum thing or the art gallery yeah. thing where they orchestrated this very quickly, orchestrated this flash mob in the art gallery where they actually put dancers in makeup or, or like camouflaged in front of the like the, the, the paintings. And the, the general public were like, huh? what? when they turned their faces around and the, the statues came to life. It's like, I'm not buying this. That was far fetched, wasn't it? You're with me here. Come on. I actually we did pick up on that yesterday when we were rewatching it. It was really like that sort of weird disconnect between the reactions of people in the audience. You can sort of see their faces going, oh, that's quite interesting. But the actual noise is like a, a crowd of thousands going wild. Yeah, the, the filmmaking is, is poor uh, with some of the foley and the extra sound effects. Mm. But I think the response, I don't, I mean, I, I we were sort of saying like, you know, what would you do if if you were in an art gallery at this like lavish gala opening and then and then all of these you know, sort of kids dressed in, in makeup that looks like the art things come to life. And I think in the art gallery, you would probably just think it's part of the show. Like, it's an opening night. They're going to want to do something that kind of wows the crowd. I wouldn't be so mad at that because all of these encounters, when they pull a, a dance heist, end with the police being called for some <laughs> reason. And I feel like in the art gallery, you'd let it go. Um, in the restaurant later on, I feel like that is annoying <laughs> if you did just come to the restaurant, you want to have a nice dinner and then like these kids are dancing on the table and someone's made a sculpture of spoons. <laughs> yeah. uh, so is the premise of the art gallery though that they were there before the people came there and just stood very still. So they've been there for that, weeks. That, is, that or, is implied, isn't it? It is implied that... The, the... Or did they sneak in and just kind of like <laughs> slowly move in front of the picture? They, they don't, I mean the film doesn't 
<laughs> doesn't worry itself too much about logistics, but they do for the art gallery scene show because one of the members of the crew is a DJ who plays these like super cool remixes of whatever uh, for them to dance to. And she gets a job doing the music for okay. the art gallery because the curator's like, the last DJ we had was terrible. Play some nice music for us. <laughs> but that does, so, so does her as a DJ who, and that seems to be her first shift as the DJ um, when all of her mates show up. Like, is she the one who got them the keys to sneak into mm. the gallery? Is is it in that dance as well where there's definitely someone dressed up as security? Or oh. is that in the restaurant? There's or Because there's definitely scenes where people seem to be members of staff at wherever they're doing uh, their yeah. thing. Yeah, I noticed right. that. Yeah, there is. I can't remember where it is, but yeah. I, maybe maybe that's what they do at every job. They, they have people posing as members of staff and security. Maybe this film takes place over a course of months. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to worry us with uh, months of prep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does seem to accelerate, right? Because, like... The, when the um when the the love interest is introduced and she's brought along to the to the mob like they have the the main oh, I can't remember, who's the main guy the, well not the main guy the guy that does so we got Sean played by Ryan Guzman uh, who who carries on into Step Up Five and then we have got Emily played by someone yeah. who does not so, um, <laughs> Eddie is the guy that doesn't trust. Right, he's like, oh, he's oh, Eddie, yeah. yes. Oh yeah, um, I mean, he's been, he's the best mate who gets uh, pushed out. For yeah, the and he, and they, he goes to him like, hey, Eddie, we we need another girl dance, and he's like, no way, and she's like, oh, and they kind of go like, oh, go on, and he's like, fine, you're the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like... that whole scene's crazy because when when you, you've seen the clubhouse by this point which we've said before has like hundreds of people yeah. in it and they come in going i found this girl who can dance we need another girl dancer and like really how there. many do you need there's <laughs> yeah. already about 10 of them oh, right? we've got our 86th member we can finally pull off the museum heist <laughs> i keep back to the rest of them going oh well this time this time i'm gonna be lead this time is definitely mine like there's been 86 other people ahead of me before now but this one's mine who's this who's this coming in <laughs> oh they're gonna be lead fine i'm gonna leave i'm gonna uh, they could have said anything you know like oh she's a classically trained ballet dancer and oh yeah we need a ballet dancer but no we just need another just, woman, just any woman. <laughs> <laughs> there's one there's one cast member here that i'm desperately trying to find in in true kind of podcast professionalism is the the the, the father the, the the tycoon that's taking over this. peter gallagher yes oh, yeah. yes the recognizable so, one uh, <laughs> the recognizable yes, the one. famous the guy. one <laughs> so what and i was thinking what's he been in is it is it um desperate housewives or what have i seen him in lots of stuff you've seen him in burlesque before burlesque yeah is it? yeah he shares <laughs> ex-husband uh, in burlesque who uh, owns the co-owns the club with her um, so he's always sitting there looking moody because he wants to sell and Cher wants to keep it for art's ah, sake um, yeah. so yeah he's usually involved in films in some sort of property owner capacity <laughs> <laughs> okay Louise I'll go to you first and I'll ask you sell, sell this movie franchise I'm putting you on the spot as well sorry yeah. about this to anybody like me and Matt that have not seen any of these films before do you enjoy going to the cinema to be entertained yes what is more entertaining than a load of young people dancing around having a great time they look good they're in miami they're trying to save the club yeah i gotta save the club gotta save the club club. uh you haven't really got to think about it you're just here to have fun yeah they're hot (laughs) hot people dancing in a hot place 
I mean, that's the title for the film. Yeah. Poppy would have to do the whole place. Yeah, that, that pretty much would sum it up, right? That should be the plot points. They just used to be dance films. You know, you go back to the 40s and 50s, they were basically singing and, dan- singing and dancing films. Yeah. And they don't really make that anymore. So it's just really interesting to see, like, the evolution of those sorts of films have now really turned into these dance movies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the closest to that musical and variety sort of show, which was it was natural i guess to put a camera in front of it and and mm. capture it and then it, you know it, it got so big in the 30s with the busby berkeley style musical numbers and you know it feels like a crazy comparison to say step up four is like a busby berkeley musical but <laughs> it kind of is if you think about it, there's hundreds of extras there's there's all those elaborate set pieces we were talking about like this is this is the modern classic musical yeah um so yeah i think it is sort of the way the musical genres and i know it sort of goes in peaks and troughs like lately the jukebox musical is really popular and doing a biography of a famous musician but you know, 10 years ago all the dance shows were all arranged what was that group that were really big in the uk diversity diversity it was like that sort of time wasn't it where like diversity were on all of the itv programs yeah. and and there was a there was a uk there was a british dance film franchise around the same time called street dance um yeah. which had probably some of the members of diversity and but uh yeah it was just it was just popular they were cashing in on this popular sort of craze but um it's a long-standing cinema genre mm. yeah i think this film serves another purpose as well because i think this film is a very good way of deciding if you've turned into a grumpy old bastard or not because i think the yeah. people that find joy in this film haven't quite made it to the world of grumpy old bastard because i'm hearing chris speak and i'm hearing some of the things he's saying and it resonates with me it's like i see traffic being stopped and i'm instantly angry <laughs> and i'm like oh my god this is an inconvenience this is an inconvenience i need to you know i'm a ginger man i need to get out of the sun why am i stopped here um you know if I've paid for a nice dinner, um, I want to sit and eat without someone jumping on the table. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm at an art. I just want to go to my important council meeting. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> without being interrupted yeah. by the youth. Yeah, the youth. Oh, my God, the youth are dancing. And look how, look how young the youth are. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, a real, it's a real watershed film, I think, where <laughs> like the grumpy old bastard in all of us will see these things and go. And like the, um, the, the Bob asshole, the, uh, the sort of... the bad guy in this i could see where he was coming from and i, I don't mean the main bad guy i mean the other bad guy like when the, at the beginning he was kind of stood around not being a waiter even though he's being paid to be a waiter and the guy comes in and goes Oi, get out there and do the work i'm like yeah get out there and serve those tables don't just stand there watching television i'm not paying to watch television yeah and then, and then I, I said, at that point i realized i'm just a grumpy old bastard now. Yeah, I don't want to, I'd hate to work for you, Matt. You sound like I'm the really, man now. That's the problem. Really <laughs> I've turned into the man. I'm the thing I used to hate. Uh, the other thing as well, I think, is looking at um, beautiful people on screen. And I know that's what it's there for. It serves a purpose in a way. In cinema, has always been like that. Washboard stomachs and, and, and being ripped and things like that. It just makes me feel so in, inferior. <laughs> and um, and I... I and I, say, I, I sat there this afternoon with a, a cup of tea and quite a large chocolate biscuit, I have to admit, watching this film in preparation. And I just gave myself a, a little look down <laughs> as I was finishing the last of my chocolate biscuit. And so-and-so was taking off a top to do a dance routine. And we saw some abbage. I felt ashamed. And I don't oh, want to feel ashamed. No. You yeah. shouldn't. I think, like, the, the point of these films is to sort of live vicariously through other people. So, like... 
yeah, sure, we don't look like how you're on the screen, but we're having a nice time doing it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that you don't look like them. You can just enjoy the product because you know that probably hasn't come overnight. They, that's what they do. Their job is to look like that. Thanks, Louise. <laughs> yeah. You've made me feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> we're all about Thanks, body positivity guys. here. I think it's in yeah, it's all of it's inclusive. <laughs> you know, like that. You know, the mob they accept literally anybody like there's no audition process for emily when she shows up um you know we could all be part of the mob yeah it's about inclusivity uh you know broad church you know whether it's making a spoon sculpture or filming an illegal dance number through a briefcase <laughs> shaped <of> camera <laughs> or a loaf of bread in the dinner um yeah you know there's a job for everybody in the mob um all are welcome i've got a question for um for everybody, um, anyone feel free to answer. But did anybody notice the difference between dancing for just dance sake and protest dancing? Yes, I certainly did, Matthew. It was a more aggressive. Did you feel? Did you not, guys, think? <laughs> I, I, at the beginning of the film, because I, I, I was, <laughs> was sort of forgot why they were dancing, and it was a YouTube competition. Um, but, uh, but it, it sort of makes more sense when they're dancing in protest than the youtube competition i think so maybe they have more of a purpose in those mm. later dances i did notice during the uh, when they disrupt the swanky property drinks dinner and they all come in in gas masks it gave me a real dark knight rises yeah. uh, tom hardy as bane kind of yeah. vibe uh, there it really felt like he was there to sort of you know eat the rich and uh, take these clowns down and uh, yeah it felt quite that felt quite violent i mean i guess they get um, in terms of the narrative of the film they they get arrested at the end of that uh, dance yeah. number or two leads do and um, and that's kind of their ultimate low isn't it so they they have to sort of take some uh, take stock of what's gone on and do they want to carry on doing this and and then they do come back for that final dance number which is like seven minutes long uh, where there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dancers on the side of the the docks um, oh it's so good though <laughs> it's so good that is genuinely a, a serious is there other people it's a serious high point there? i think is that what there is? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So, like, we sort of mentioned before, they don't... It's it's not a very... It, this wasn't a planned franchise, and I kind of like it when a series of films, like Fast and Furious as well, actually, like, they never planned to make nine Fast and Furiouses and sort of how they tenuously string them along and how certain characters aren't in certain films... Fast and Furious kind of rallied when it became a huge success and they got all the gang back together. Yeah. With Fast and with um Step Up, they never did that. <laughs> so Channing Tatum is the lead in the in the, the first one, and then he has one scene in the second one, and then no one from the second oh no oh, yeah, and then what they introduce a new character in the second one who's then in the third one, and they're sort of like singular characters passing the baton on until four where nobody from any of the step-up films is in that film until this big dance number when there's a, a, a sort of a goofy-looking kid um, who has long hair and, and, and shows up. And, like, so... Please call him by his proper name. Well, he's called Moose, he's but Moose. we wouldn't know that from this film. <laughs> I liked Moose. I liked him. He, he, he just sort of... He, does he, like, spin onto screen? He sort of, like, somersaults in, does, it, like, a big dusty dance? Yeah, it sort of feels like yes. he wasn't on set he's at the time dusty, yeah. as, yeah. as anyone else was. It felt like he was sort of mm -hmm. on set for a day or so. He's been in storage. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, purely, he's purely there for the step-up hardcore. Like, there's no, like... Let's call Moose and have him, you know, introduce him and explain his history. It's just like, oh, that kid from Step Up Two but and Step Up Three him. is here. I know, like it's in, in the background, isn't it? Well, it's not because it's the guy who was, <sighs> I think, in Step Up Three. Yeah. Who's in the mob? 
but he's there's like one of the dancers in the in the mob is in a previous step up yeah. basically but it's like again nothing is really introduced or set up for first time viewers it's just like if you happen to have seen those films here's a fun easter egg for you um but I was saying, like, when, when we were watching it, like, if you haven't seen any of the other yeah. films, when Moose shows up and they really focus on this dancer who we've not seen throughout this entire movie, audiences are just scratching their heads, like, what, what's this guy but about? But also, before, yeah, before him, there was that female dancer that turns up and does a bit of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then before her, there was the, like, robot policeman. Ah, who yes. were, yeah, they are also from previous from step up films uh yeah so there's a few sort of dance cameo and i think that's just sort of like we will need this final dance in step up for to you know pull out all the stops so we'll get some cameos in from previous uh previous movies uh and then step up five is all cameos from previous movies they get people from every single step up film uh, back for step up five uh there so i think this is sort of laying the groundwork for the all-star show that's about to come in the next one well, that's what i'm watching tonight Hey, it's on Netflix. (laughs) It's also like 90 (laughs) minutes long. Wow, that's it. Good night. Right, that's it. I'm off. (laughs) Louise and Sam, have you got anything you'd like to to add in terms of the defence before we, we make a decision in terms of where this is going? Uh, I, I mean, I feel like this film is a is a literal work of art, uh, including the dance scene that's set in an art gallery where the art comes to life. Uh, I feel like it's really inventive. Uh, there, I feel like you know it was a great uh, launch pad for um, the uh, actor Ryan Guzman, who went on to star with J Lo in The Boy Next Door, a really sexy erotic thriller. Laid <laughs> 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 the groundwork for his stellar career. Um, I, I think the music, it's all about the dancing, isn't it? I think this has got some of the best dance scenes committed to film over the last, you know, over 10 years or so uh, there. And it's uh, it's a shame the director never sort of went on to do any other um, uh, movies. He sort of primarily works in TV now. Um, there, This should have been, he should have won the Oscar like uh, Damien Chazelle did for La La Land. Uh, I think it peaked <laughs> too soon. Louise, how about you? Anything else? I just think it's a really joyous film. I mean, like, yeah, sure, the acting's terrible, the script's terrible, but that dancing is so good and so entertaining. And you just, I just don't think there are that many, like, truly just balls-to-the-wall, spectacular music, dance, films made like this anymore. Yeah, it's, it's really good fun. And it's silly. It's over-the-top. Dancing cars, the Bane dance, um, oh, you know, yeah. people running up and down, shipping containers like, at the end. There's some really <laughs> choice lines in the script as well. Like, what we do is dangerous. Is it? But it just adds to it. It's just like the whole thing is just so earnest, but it works. It's like a good earnest. If it didn't take itself seriously, it wouldn't be half the film it was. If it was knowing, I think it would just completely fall apart. Well, yeah, I'll just add that I enjoyed the dancing and uh, the the bits in between didn't really hold my attention. But it took me back, as I say, it took me back to my early, early formative years. (laughs) Seven, Um, eight year old. Yeah. Flashbacks. And to dancing, and inspired you to get back yeah, into Steven, it. Yeah, Stephen's wow. Stephen's dance center will be getting a phone call on Monday, as I'm saying, I'm coming back. <laughs> Motion, ocean, I'm in. Let's do this. And they'll be like, Yes, yeah. you're in. We've still got your fo- framed photograph of you up on the wall, Chris. Well, Matthew, we we'll make a decision. It's only polite that obviously, as guests of the podcast, that the the film is is saved and not sacrificed in the bunker, and it gets released out of the bunker, whoosh, up into the general public, and everyone should enjoy yeah, this. I think it would be really harsh if we this was the film that we stopped letting our guests <laughs> release it from the bunker. Like, yeah. Actually, no, 
Not yeah. this time. Not on my watch. <laughs> is this going out into the world? Would be would be mean. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, you guys are doing a, providing a really important service, and I do hope you are protecting the general public from genuinely very bad films. Uh, you do put your foot down from time to time, but uh, but I think this one is a good pass. I mean, we're very grateful to have Step Up uh, for whatever the subtitle is. <laughs> like, we, we, yeah, we, we buried cats. We did our bit for cats, didn't we? So... That's done. Cast in. <laughs> We, we did our bit. Released from the bunker. One more question. Do you think you'll go on to watch the rest of the Step Up franchise? Well, um... Ooh. Th- <laughs> um... <laughs> well, no. <laughs> the, pro- the problem with your question, Louise, is it's coming at it's five to ten in the evening. And uh, right now, true. I don't think I could handle just that level of energy. But... I, I can I can recommend doing what we have done once with a group of friends, and that was to watch all five in one day. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's doable. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's some there's some all time lows and some all time highs. It's doable. Oh my goodness! I don't think I could ever look at myself in the mirror again. So is walking on Lego doable? <laughs> but you wouldn't choose to do it. <laughs> uh, it starts off really fun. It's like eating like mcdonald's all day starts off really fun you really questioning your life choices around the middle uh but then it becomes fun again uh, by the end when you get onto the mcflurries yeah do you find yourself when you did this just body popping to the fridge just to get a drink and just dance just coming into everyday things like instead of going out to shake a hand say hi like a few days after just going into like a robot shake <laughs> I, I do tend to dance around the flat for a couple of days after watching dance films. I can films. imagine. Yeah, it would be very hard it's, to let go. Uh, Guys, thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Thank you for having us. Yes. It's always, uh, I'm glad we could uh, induct you into our Step Up Club. <laughs> Thanks very much. Just all always pleased to bring more people into the franchise. Feel that Miami heat. Where can we find you on the old interwebs, uh, Sam and Louise? I'm on Twitter at Sam underscore Clements. Louise doesn't believe in Twitter, but our podcast that we make, the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest, does, <laughs> which is important. And that's on Twitter at 90 Min Film Fest. And you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your pods, wherever you're listening to this, I suppose. Uh, that would make sense. Um, yeah, just search for 90 Min uh, Film Fest and, uh, and have, a, have a look, have a listen. Can I also very quickly plug our other projects? Yes, please do. Uh, if you go to our website 90minfilmfest.com we also have another podcast called The Holiday Season all about the Nancy Myers rom-com The Holiday which is sort of sporadic at the moment well, that might be more, I guess, more um, uh, um, on, on a theme of the movie bunker in a way. Mm. I don't know if anyone's ever selected Nancy Myers as the holiday. It feels like it's bunkerable. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love this film unashamedly, and we've dedicated a whole podcast to to it. And it only comes out at Christmas, like the film The Holiday. Yeah. Well, we'll stay clear <laughs> of that one then for you, so we don't want to steal your thunder. Right, well, uh, Matt, well, should we do our ending? This is always not as good, is it, our ending? Our endings are never as good as our guests' endings. Well, if you guys like the Movie Bunker podcast and want to support us, uh, then you can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for the Movie Bunker podcast. And if you like what you hear and you want to leave a review, that'd be great. And also, uh, a five-star review is better. Um, <laughs> you can buy us a coffee on our Ko-Fi page, which is in the show notes. That's always helpful as well. And we've got a we've got a website Matt haven't we what's that called this is your bit <laughs> this is this is what I wait for all week uh, www.moviebuggerpodcast.com and you do it so well thanks again Louise and Sam for joining us thank you, thank you very us. much and thanks for joining me Matt <laughs> thank you <laughs> see you guys later bye right. bye, bye. <laughs>